there's something there's something very powerful that takes place when we gather and we come collectively to raise the name of Jesus on high and you know in worship I just felt this morning again it's not like our opinion doesn't really count in these moments with God you know it's like yeah but God yeah but you know the no it's all just it's all just exaltation to his name that's all it is and it sets the perspective right but the, what it does when we do that and we gather collectively here yeah, we start silencing the noise and the, the the reality of darkness that's what takes place that's my prayer before I come here on a Sunday morning is God I speak to the heavenly realms no distraction from the enemy this morning no deception no things of darkness will come into this place and to try and steal what the people of God get when we gather together to you you see the power this is what we have missed over these last 20 or 21 months however long it is now of the collective corporate coming together in the presence of God see the power that takes place when we worship him together in our lives we exalt him and and I, I mean I, and I say I, I get it I get it when it comes to what we're walking through in this season and the pressures we are feeling in life you, you, you can feel it when you were out there and the realities of things that are pressing on us it's real it's a weight on our shoulders it's like we feel it but when you come here and you worship God you're not feeling like that you feel courage you feel life you feel I can do this we can we can press through see the power of gathering together and I get it you see what's happening is the pressure we're under and what what is taking place around now is priming us for the greatest move of God that we've ever seen and and God is doing it in our midst he's doing it in these times and these days and the stakes are high I've said that a lot the stakes are high okay and we mustn't forget the times we live in you know it's like what what happened I was reading a prophetic word from somebody this morning that friends of ours in the States they were in um, Hörnut, Germany, where I'll share the, on this group of people in a few weeks' time, about the, the Moravians that started their, their move from an encounter of God in 1727. On the 13th of August, 1727, God broke into that community and set forth a, a time of revival with that group of people for that still is residue in the nations today. Okay, but what God said to them in tw end of 2018, and she wrote this word out in 2019. 2018, she was in, in Hörnut. And 2019, she wrote this word. And she said, the great reset. God is doing the great reset. And that word has been spoken about a lot prior to leading up to this chaos we've ensued in the last 20, 21 months. There's a great reset. That was God's word. Now scientists and politicians and everyone are riding on the back of what God said because yeah. it's an opportunity for them to be able to say what they need to say now. Yeah. You know, God's, God's holding all this. He's setting an order. He's setting an order in place here and the great reset has taken place. And those with lots of money and power are jumping on the back of what God said in order because they don't know him. So they feel this change and whatever that's worked out and what's playing out here. Okay, this is God working and he's pouring out to us the greatest times honestly these are the greatest times to be alive eh? and we can't assume what this move of God what he's going to do in the years going forward we can't assume what it's going to look like if you have an assumption you might miss it because we can't read past revivals and go oh well God did it like that then so if we do this that's how he's going to do it now 
We've been so turned upside down in the last 24 months. Don't, don't stick to what you think you know. Have faith to believe for what God's doing. And where's that line? Where's Ray? God's out of this one book that he's read. The next move of God is not going to be in the church. It's going to be of the church. That's where you go. You know, we, we, we rally together. We stand with courage. And then we are released into our spheres of society. And God's going to do a very different move that's going to come through how things are playing out around this time. So what have we learned? And I'm just wrapping up. You see, understanding that we've got to keep knowing where we're at. What have we, what have we done in the last 20, 20 months? We've just learned to stand. It's just stand. Stand firm. Stand firm, brothers. That's the most important thing spiritually you can do in this season right now. It's, it's about standing and holding on to things. Stand. What are we standing firm to? We're standing against the narrative of the day. That's what we're standing against. There's so many narratives out there that are forcing you to kind of partner with them, but they're not of the Lord. They are worldly, politi political, power-driven agendas from people who have tyranny in their minds of a narrative that's been set. We're standing firm to that because we know the truth. Okay, not that stuff that you're sprouting out that we need to do. No, no, we, are, we know the truth. Behold, we stand against the narrative. We stand against the forces of evil that are constantly trying to unsettle your secure position in Christ, to bring doubt, to bring fear, to bring guilt, all those realities. We stand firm to that. Okay, we stand with each other. What have we been speaking over the last weeks about family and the church and the body? We've got to know who we are. Who's your tribe? Where's your tribe? Where do you connect to? Where do you know that your heart belongs and settles? It's, it's crucial in this day and hour. If one thing we have to learn to stand with is with others. Okay? And, 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 and it's not the golf club. It's not the hockey club. Yeah, I, I play hockey there. Every time I'm there, the same guys are there. That's, that's his parish. That's his church. Those guys that hang there. That's their community. They're not going to answer the questions of truth there. They just drink a lot of lemonade and then leave and they stagger out. <laughs> you know, the, Dad told me the story the other day. Guy wants to try and work out... No, I'm going to get it wrong. Let me not start. Let me get it wrong. Wait, wait. I nearly got it. I nearly got it. He says, why does it take me five minutes to walk from home to the pub, but it takes me 30 minutes to get home? He says, the difference is staggering. <laughs> I got it right. Praise God. That's, a, that's worth celebrating. I promise you. Okay. So it's not those clubs that we belong to. It's spiritual times of discerning what God is saying. And we stand with that in our hearts going, God, you're up to something. You're moving in these days, in these hours. And it's, we gleam, you see, from each other as we gather in places like this and we worship. You're all encouraged this morning. From what's happened in the last hour in this place, you're all encouraged. But we've all got challenges. But your perspective is different now. Because you've gathered together with the people of God and you feel... Courage. I'm alive. I can do this. I can stand. Man, I've got challenges that I'm going to face tomorrow morning, but I'm still standing. Yeah. I'm still standing. Okay? And we glean from each other's faith that it, that, it, that it works in standing together. Know your tribe. That's what we're saying. And the worst thing I think we could do as a church community now is try and add more stuff and to try and make more happen right now. Okay, well, we haven't done this for 20 months. Let's do this. Let's do this. Let's do this. Let's do this. That'll be the last and the worst thing we could ever do right now by adding not necessarily programs, but busy stuff. Yeah. It's not the season for that. No. It's the season to stand. And from these things we gather and we slowly, God will give us momentum in what we need to run with. As Kirsten sang beautifully this morning over us, 
you're saying things about, it's time for me to lead. It's time for him to lead. Don't run ahead of me. Don't run ahead. Step by step by step. Follow my lead. I will lead you. And the church very often gets ahead of God. Because it's like, thank goodness I have patience. We've had to wait here. Now, things I'm going to share with you in the next few weeks, I've had to wait for six, seven years of an understanding in my heart about what God's saying to this as, us as a community. Just wait. Don't, you know, and then when you do things that are not of God and you think we need to do them and you run with them, you essentially birth Ishmael's. And Ishmael was not the promised child. It was man's made agenda to try and do what God was trying to give them. And then you have to prop up Ishmael's and you've got to kind of keep them going and they're not on God's. The blessing is there, but it's not what God said. Crucial. Crucial as we walk together as a community. Okay. And yeah, and the, thing, the most thing you need right now is the assurance to be around like-minded people. That's very, it's very assuring to be around like-minded like people. Because you... Mike, yeah, yeah, where's, where's Mike? Yeah. No. Like-minded. You see, it's funny. When you hang with other people in your workplace and they're unsaved and I play hockey and you hang with different guys... They're not like-minded. They've got their opinions. They think about stuff very differently. And so I just keep quiet a lot of the time. And every now and again, you throw in something. They all know I'm a pastor. The one guy jokes all the time. That if you want to, he'll pray. He'll pray for you. He'll pray for you. He'll sort it out. I'm like, whatever, bro. You need, you need to do what you do. But, and then they swear. And they go, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. I was like, bro, it's not on me. You can carry on, say what you want. But it's not on me. You don't have to apologize to me. You know? But it's like-minded people that actually give you courage and assurance in your heart. Like, hmm, we're in the same boat here. We believe stuff together. So you're not alone. Because often the enemy loves to make you feel isolated and alone. So what are the last 20-odd months? Alone. Isolated. Voices. Different opinions. Speaking to you. Like-minded people that run together. So, as I've said to you over the last few weeks, okay, there's been some key words that we've been saying over each other. That I've been saying to you and I'm hearing, encouraging you. I talk to people in the week and they're saying, this is what we're saying. These are the words. I want to hear if you've been listening to me. What words have I been saying to you over the last couple of weeks? Sorry? Accountability. Very good. You get a bar one. Okay? What other things? What other things have I been saying? Freedom. Yeah? Priorities. That's right. Spiritual priorities in your life. Okay? What verse am I speaking from right now as a foundation to what we're speaking through? Acts 2.42. Okay. It's good to hear that some of you are listening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. That's fine. I forgot who told me the things. Anyway. You see, if we don't know what we're saying here, if you don't know what journey we're on here, who's your tribe? Who's your shepherd? Now, there's some of you that weren't here last week. Did you hear my amazing message? It was amazing. There were a few of you because of this crazy cycle tour that dominates our main road. But it's done now. There was another race this morning dominating our main road. But they're, they're runners. You can just ride them over with your car. It's easier. You know? <laughs> Cyclists seem far more aggressive. Like if you do something wrong, they always get back at you. You know, it's like, you know, because the cyclist, essentially, he can catch you in the traffic because he can get there quicker if you stop at a traffic light. Then you don't cause trouble with those guys. So... There's a, on our website, we're trying to fix it regards getting our sermons online so that you can catch up. Okay? 
but there's a podcast that you can easily download and listen to the sermons. If you are not journeying with us, who are you journeying with? Because if I'm honest with you, uh, we've now, from February next year, it's been eight years that we've been leading this community. And it feels like one long golden thread. Yeah. That I've just weaved for eight years of what God's been saying to us, journeying, journeying kind of through. Now, for some of you, you, you see what happens is you catch that. And you find the thread of where we're going and what's being said here and not feeding off other things. I'm not saying you can't listen to other stuff, but you feed off other stuff and you align your heart with people that don't know you. I've had people say, oh, no, no, my pastor's in, I, I joined a church in, in England online. What? <laughs> Have you tried to tithe money and get money out of South Africa to that church in England? You know how hard it is to get money out of South Africa? So you're clearly not tithing because it's a whole process. It's not, don't get world, caught up in the world narrative of church and how that works. It's a group of people standing together and God has called an eldership to stand and to lead a community to go forward. You partner with that. When Jesus returns one day and he arrives and he comes down on the cloud and we are, before we're caught up in the air and we come back with him and we are, on the, what has he got? There's a whole group of people behind him that follow him. He's not arriving on his own going, okay, who's ready for this one now? We all know what's happening. Because we're going to be following his train. Are you on the bus? Are you on the train? Because if you're not, then you're, you are isolated still. You can sit in a crowd and be isolated yeah. and stuff. That's why I asked you, do you hear what we're saying here? Because this stuff is, is crucial. And it's not, it's not, church is not about coming just to listen to the preach. Yeah. So then I get my word for the week and I feel good and then I walk off and I feel great about the week. It's not. It's about partnering with hearts together so that there's purpose for the rest of your week and the rest of your life not just these little finite little moments you see this is a microcosm of the two and a half billion people around the world that call themselves christians and there's different expressions of how that looks you've got a whole lot of in that two and a half billion is all a lot of catholic people there's all catholic people that actually aren't even saved so i don't know how big the two and a half billion is actually but there's those that follow the truth and the word of Jesus and stuff. And I believe we're there. And we are listening to his voice. So it's a challenge to us. And we have to speak these hard truths after what we've walked through in the last 20 months. Because there's many here that I know that haven't come back yet. Because decisions are being made on a Saturday or Sunday morning that actually aren't blessing them spiritually. Because this is not a priority anymore. And they're accountable to no one. They're accountable to themselves. In 2 Corinthians 10, Paul speaks about when you measure yourself by yourself, you're always doing fine. <laughs> Promise you. Okay? So Acts 2.42 speaks about the four things. The four things the church carried in those early days. The apostles' doctrine, the teaching. The second thing, they had fellowship together. The third thing, they said they broke bread, meaning they enjoyed the meal, communion with the Lord, meals and honoring Him. And the fourth thing was prayer. And these things we're journeying through now, okay? And yet, last week I spoke about the apostles' doctrine, the teachings that they gave were the truth that Jesus had downloaded and imparted to these men. And Paul, through revelation of all those years, had received the word. Because I said there's a lot of false teaching out there. There's a lot of false doctrines out there that actually lead you into the, the Christian said the word freedom. See, we have freedom when we live by the things of the Spirit. You've got, on each side, you've got a very slippery slope. You've got legalism and law on the one side. 
that you fall into that, you fall under the wrath of God because you're not under His grace of freedom. The other side is the license to sin. And you just basically can do what you want to do. You also fall under the wrath of God because you choose your own way. And that key line that Paul speaks in Corinthians, that everything's permissible, meaning <laughs> do what you want, but it's not all beneficial. Because when you understand the grace of God, you don't want to abuse it. You want to live by the power of self-control and the fruit of the Spirit become evident in your life and with your giftings, you are a true ambassador for Christ here on earth. Not just floating and hoping and wishing for the best. No, there's purpose, there's understanding, there's reason why you connect into a community. The teachings that we receive, that you study and you learn and you understand of what we're saying, so it builds into you and you walk in freedom. Because there's going to be, there are many voices that have a hover around and how we walk now. Today I want to touch on the word fellowship. They had fellowship together. And it's a, a Greek word called kononia. Okay, and when, when we realize, you see, what God is saying to us as a people, this is what we're preaching. Family, we're talking the body, we're talking all the things that express. The Bible gives us examples of how we are and how we need to live and stuff. Um, I don't know why I've said that it doesn't seem to fit, but I want to say this, you see. When, when we are living in a time like we're living now, okay, we are saying words like, we are in the greatest hour. God is about to do the greatest work. We are so microwave that we think it must happen today. Yeah. Yeah. Well, God, do you know that this, there's a process of things being rolled out? That, you know, I was talking to someone online, you know, often if, if God says to you, you're prophetic or you're this kind of stuff, it often takes... Well, it's taken me a time to actually agree and say, yes, okay, I think I am that. Because there's transition in your thinking. There's a process of understanding. So you walk through something. It's not immediate. You grow into it and start understanding what God is saying and doing over your life. So this thing of the great reset, okay, and we said at the beginning is there's a, of lockdown, there's a, there's a sifting of chaff and wheat that's taken place. It's happened. It's happened in this time and this era, okay, this process of God restoring to us, as I said last week, this, this process of restoration for centuries and centuries, God is building up to a people that are being prepared and ready for the greatest hour. Might be the next however many years. But this process of God, the greatest work and greatest outpouring, might be for the next decade. And a lot of people speak about this decade being crucial. So, it's, so it's, it requires faithfulness, which is the fruit of the Spirit, to trust Him, what He said. Not so going, oh, well, God, where are you? What about the oaks for 400 years in, Israel, in Egypt? Like, where are you? In his time. In his time. You see, this process of restoration and what he's doing, we have to trust him. Okay? And he's doing it in these days. But we need to understand the era and the times that we live and what God is saying to his people. So a passage I want to refer to this morning is in 2 Thessalonians 2. Okay? And this is Paul writing to Thessalonica. The group of people, and in chapter 2, and you might think, well, where are you going with this? But I'll build into it. It speaks about the man of lawlessness. 2 Thessalonians 2. And let me just read it to you. Okay, from, I think it's verse 1. I've just got it copied and stuff, sorry. Yeah, let me read. Yeah, it starts, it starts with, the, the, Now concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, and our being gathered together to Him, we ask you, brothers... Not to be quickly shaken in mind or alarmed, either by a spirit or a spoken word or a letter seeming to be from us. Farnas used this passage a couple of weeks ago. The first Sunday we were back, actually, a little while ago. So he didn't say what he said, an email, a text message, a WhatsApp. 
If you're hearing things and stuff that's concerning about stuff, it's not from us. He's warning them about these weird, strange teachings that people are giving. Okay? He's speaking about to the effect that the day of the Lord has already come. Okay? He's warning them. Let no one deceive you in any way. Now, here's the key part I want to touch on. For that day, now when he speaks about the day, he's talking about the return of Jesus. The time when he will come and conquer and slay his enemies and rule and reign over us as his people. For that day will not come, here's the key, unless the rebellion comes first and the man of lawlessness, the Antichrist, is revealed. The son of destruction who opposes and exalts himself against every so-called God or object of worship so that he takes the seat in the temple proclaiming himself to be God. I will preach into this at the beginning of next year about the Antichrist. There are signs and understandings where we will see him rising. Paul speaking about this man of lawlessness. He will take the seat at the temple of God, which means there will be something constructed in Jerusalem that he will sit in that seat and it was called the abomination of desolation. This is what Jesus spoke about in Matthew 24, related to Daniel 9, 10 and 11. Those things will take place and he will sacrifice a pig. Okay, which is an abomination to the Jewish nation. I will, I will just hang on that. We'll get to that stuff on the Antichrist. But this key line here, he says, For that day, the return, will not come unless the rebellion comes first. Okay, so now, the rebellion speaks about the falling away. Okay, the rebellion uh, reality to the things of God. Now, I mean, I was talking to my dad the other day. And I'm not saying this is the rebellion, but I'm saying it's the words used there. I'll explain what that word is now. The falling away. He was talking to a guy who he knows well, who has walked with the Lord for years and years. He used to lead a church. And they were in a, in a church in a certain area. And they were a community of over 200 people. And they were, the church was thriving before lockdown. They haven't met for 18 months. When they had their first meeting, 30 people arrived. 30 people. I hope that was his leadership. Another church context, six people arrived. So what's happened there? Is this it? Are, are we in these days? Are we in these times of the great falling away? And this rebellion to the things of God? Okay, I can see evidence of that. And prophetically, and through friends that I know and trust, they will say, we are living in these days. Because when we say the end times, like I say, the God's process, it could be the end times rolling out over the next 60, 70 years. You can't hurry it. We don't know the time. We all know that. But it's not, it's going to happen now. It's not. There are too many signs that haven't taken place yet. The Antichrist. What's that? Where? We've got to see that arising. And I remember when Obama was president, that he's the Antichrist. I'm like, nice try, but it's not. Okay? Okay? All right. Steady, babe, steady. Share the, share the love. Okay? She just sprouted off a thing there. Anyway. Okay, so this word here, the rebellion he uses in this passage, is, it's called, the Greek word is apostasia, which is apostasy, which means essentially the root meaning of that word means the defection from truth. Okay. So it's a falling away. It's a forsaking of the truth. What has been fought hardest in the last two years? Truth truth people like they just what they say is the truth 
and you must believe it. The truth is being challenged in every part of society right now. And this is, this is, my, this is my line that I love. Truth is not your opinion. Okay, pack your opinion away. Truth is a person. And his name is Jesus. And unless you surrender your life to the truth of who he is, you are just a clanging cymbal and flouting of hot air that I don't care about your theories. Even if you call the scientist, because we're not even trusting scientists right now. Okay, we are living, folks, we are living in these days. The fight for truth, the opposition to truth has arisen in the last two years in a big way. So now when we look at that passage, for the day will not come unless the rebellion comes first. That's coming. That's here. Now it might be for the next 30 years that the rebellion plays out. The next 10, 15 years. Okay? But in the midst of all of this, we don't have to panic. We don't have to freak out and worry about what's going to take place. The kingdom still arises. God's people stand together. We unite in heart and mind and we're encouraged in what when the church was most persecuted, it was the most powerful. Watch what God's going to do in these days and hours with resources being poured out to the kingdom. Signs and wonders being part of what God is doing. And people will be marveled at the move of God because it's not about us. It's not how we try harder to make these things happen. It's about how we wait patiently, how we trust on Him, how we call on Him, how we position ourselves before the Almighty. And then in His grace and His favor, He pours out to us because He sees we've stood firm through this testing and this trial that we've walked through. There's the greatest thing. That's the greatest test. And the ecclesia in this hour is arising. Okay, so now how do we stand firm and secure in the midst of all this defection of truth? This falling away. The apostasy of people going, I oppose that. I know people. I know people who have said, no longer. And they'll hold a form of spirituality or religion and stuff like that. And Paul says, have nothing to do with them. Have nothing to do with them. You are... You are nothing in your voice and your opinion doesn't count here. Okay? How do we stand firm? And the word that we're going to speak today is this word of fellowship called kononia. That's the important part of how the disciples stood together in Acts 2.42. So the word kononia, out of that Acts passage of those four things, means fellowship, it means partnership, it means contribution, it means sharing. Okay? And the whole idea of the word kononia means it says these things into the gathering of people together. It speaks about unity brought about by the Holy Spirit. Not a program, not an incredible coffee, not something. It's the Spirit that unites us by the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's what brings us, and we've said here a hundred times, a we are a community of the Spirit first. Before we play out and do all our good things as a community. Okay? And in Cononia, the word fellowship and partnership, the individual shares in in, in a common and intimate bonding of fellowship with the rest of Christian society. Okay, the individual is partaking of the greater part of the society because of the work of the Holy Spirit. The individual, again, and the corporate. You see how they both play an equal role. You have a role as an individual to pray, to read the Word of God, but as corporately we have the same responsibility. No, one doesn't negate the other because one's more important, you don't have time for the other. It's committing your life to us. To this. Okay, kononia, that word, cements the believers to the Lord Jesus Christ and to each other. It knits us together. 
by the power of His Spirit, and makes us one. Okay, this is a very deep word, this kononia, okay? And it goes beyond a cup of tea that you're having and having a natter in the foyer after the meeting and having a little chat and having fellowship. <laughs> oh, how are you today? Yes, good. Sup, sup, sup. Sorry, you can't do that. It'll come at some stage eventually. It's not that little cheap chat of natter. That's friendship. That's just talking and catching up about the rugby or the cricket. They didn't, they didn't put Faf in the team. Hey? Unbelievable. Who cares? Actually. Okay? It's beyond this little, we're having fellowship together. I've heard when a husband and wife are having fellowship, they're having a very tough conversation. Okay? It's not, it's not friendship. Okay? And I have said this before, is that people try and associate, I really am not looking for new friends. Okay? I've got great friends in my life. I'm looking for people that will stand together with me and we pursue and run with the things of the kingdom. Together. We all know our place. And we run hard after the things of God. Okay? Now the word, that word kononia, the depth of that word can actually be used in a context of a uh, partnership in business. Okay, so now there's a different depth of connection. You don't just start and partner a business with somebody you don't know. Because you're investing your money, you're investing your, your abilities, your skills, resource, all that you might carry, you're investing into somebody that you will actually trust. So that out of that investment together, you both will benefit. I don't know any business with a partnership where the one's happy just for the other guy to kind of make more and he just hovers. That may be called a silent partner. But he's put money in and he's not going to just sit quietly and waiting for this thing not to work out. The questions will be asked. If the business doesn't flourish and kind of work, they'll be working it out. It's that deep relationship and trust built together. Okay? So it's also related to, and I haven't heard this, and I used to see this on the news as a kid. You know, Siamese twins. When Siamese twins are born... You know, they were connected through, I remember as a kid growing up, and these two were connected at the head. You know, I haven't seen a Siamese twin being birthed for years, actually. I don't know, never mind. But it's the same context of that when two are joined together, like this in the line, it says there, Siamese twins born in the ancient world, okay, were said to have, to have known kononia in blood. So the reality there is if one of those twins passed away, the other one passed away too. Sure. So what affects one? affects the other. That's the depth of, they call them kononia by blood. So what affects one, affects the other. So what did I say a couple of weeks ago about the body? If one part of the body suffers, we all suffer. If you're not feeling that pain for somebody else, then how deep is your kononia to each other? Because if that happens to them, we're going to feel it. It's going to happen to all of us. That we walk this together. Okay, and a, a good example of this cornonia fellowship thing is Paul when he writes to the Philippians, and he's, it's one of his letters where he's actually not doing a lot of correcting and not putting a lot in place. He's actually really sharing his heart and love to them as a people because they weren't like Corinth that had all these challenges and he had to set things in order. Okay, but they did have some issues that he had to to raise. So in four, Philippians four verse two, he speaks about two ladies. Yodia and Syntica, okay, are having a disagreement amongst themselves. So they were clearly in leadership, but they were disagreeing on something, and it was affecting everybody. And he's saying, he's imploring with his sisters, please, can you find the mind of Christ together so that you can work it out? Because your disagreement is causing chaos in your whole community. Now, don't get me started on people disagreeing 
and just in this community. And what happens? I've said this, I think I said this last week. When you challenge and you speak to somebody, brother, sister, listen to me, what rises in their hearts? Pride. Don't tell me. Don't tell me what to do. No, I disagree. Okay? You have broken cornonia. And what you're doing is affecting all of us. Pride, people. Pride. Pride is the thing. What's that line? Pride before the fall. That's not even a scripture. But it is. I think it might say that in Proverbs, actually. Pride about the fall. Yeah. That's right. See, what they were doing was causing disunity and becoming proud of them, things of themselves more than the community. They put themselves first and not the community first. Canonia means I put the community first and I benefit from being part of it. Okay? See, Kononi, it was a genuine concern and care for people around us, not trying to fix people, not trying, but it comes from the place of showing empathy and compassion to one another. You know, a big part of someone's life, without even trying to fix the challenge or the things that we walk through, is being heard. Just for someone to speak to. And just, you could be standing here talking to somebody that you don't know and you haven't ever connected with and they just share a little bit of their heart with you and you stand and pray with them. That's the first step of saying, we're with you. You know, we won't fix challenges and problems like this. The system, this worldly system, is, is built for us to fail, honestly. Because, yeah, I won't go there. There's, it's, there's a big, big play over our lives. But the kingdom arises in the midst of all that. And if you stand together with people, their first thing is that they're heard, just to hear their heart and their pain. And you carry that with them and you say, I'll stand with you. It's a starting point in prayer. Now, now, lots of people are going, yeah, faith without works is dead and you've got to do something about it. We do do stuff about it. There's a big part that we play here. But that first step of just standing together and hearing. And that's, this, this reality of Kononia, folks, is a massive responsibility on each one of us. Because the reality is, you see, is that what Matthew 18 speaks about is about where a brother wrongs you. You go to your brother. And you try and restore that with your brother. If he doesn't listen to you, you bring another witness and you try. If they don't listen, then you tell the church. And you hand them over, essentially. And they're going to do what they need to do. I've, I've not been in a church environment, and even the, in the 28 years, where we've, we've had to say things about certain people and stuff. And it's hard to say to the church, and you all know that person's name. What are you first thinking in your minds? Oh, that's not very fair to expose them like that. The point that happens like that is that so that people will walk in the fear and awe of the Lord. Not that the leadership got their way. The whole point of Matthew 18 is the restoration of relationships that break down. Not about discipline. That's another passage I'll preach into here. Because the word there is about agree. And when you did our 21 days of praying and fasting in February, the, the little voice note that I did was on that word agree, which means harmonious. So we're in harmony together. You break that harmony by choosing your own selfish ways and pride rises in your heart. And unity is not agreement. We can disagree and still love each other. Yeah. I disagree with my dad. He still loves me. It doesn't break the relationship. Come on, people. Okay. And I, as I've said, I implore you, please do not let pride creep into your hearts. So Hebrews 10, 25 is another passage that has come up in this reality of cononia. This fellowship that we have with one another, this deep word of, of communion, standing together. Hebrews 10.25 says, do not give up the habit, as some are in, of meeting together. 
And I know we've pummeled that verse for Sunday mornings. I think it's beyond a Sunday. It's who are you having fellowship with on a Tuesday, on a Thursday, and connecting with the habit of just being around people that are like-minded that encourage you. Because I know some of you go to a work environment and from Mondays to Fridays, you're in a hostile territory. Who are you talking to on a Wednesday night or just gathering with or connecting with that is just keeping you grounded and aligned to what God is doing? There's, there's the cononia. There's the fellowship. There's the not giving up the habit of meeting together. Okay? And it's interesting, you know, if you look at the Hindu culture. So I'm just telling my shoelace here. I don't want to trip and fall for people again. In the Hindu culture in India, there's no rhythm when it comes to going to the temple. You go when you feel like it. You go when you feel you need to be an offering to your God. And there are millions and there are hundreds and thousands of gods that they. So there's no room. So when someone gets saved in India out of Hinduism into the church, there's this whole new rhythm of like, what do you mean every week I must come to church? And they've got to break a paradigm of thinking because the way the Lord has set it in place is the rhythm of Sabbath. So there's a rhythm that we have in the week where we one day we don't do any work. That's a test to put your phone down for a day and not do emails and stuff. See, that rhythm in that community in India didn't get there. I remember a friend who was leading a church, and the one guy would come to church every three months. But, but you just got saved. This is the rhythm. Oh, um, okay, because you didn't know it. You see, the Bible has given us, don't give up the habit of meeting together on a weekly rhythm of Sabbath, of coming together. Okay, and this is, and if you, honestly, if you read the rest of chapter 10 in Hebrews, it's very sobering. Because he speaks about the ways open up for us, and we stand with God, and don't give up the habit again, and then he starts speaking about sin. And those that have sinned and fall away from the things that God has set in place, there's always a correction of when we try and do things in our own way. And surrender our own will, but surrender to His will. And in this season we live in now, okay, is one where we have to. You have to align our hearts together in what God is saying to us. Okay? Firstly, yes, we align to the Lord. We, we align to Him. We stand firm in the promise and the identity that we're children of the living God. And we stand secure in that position. Okay, but the second thing of alignment is to the community. Where you bring your full tithe. Where your gifts are given the opportunity to be nurtured and grown in this environment. The place where you fight for your family. Where you fight for your wives. Where you fight for your sons and your daughters. The men's gathering a couple of Sunday nights ago. This is where the fight starts. Here. Yeah. Yeah. It, doesn't, it doesn't start on your own in a field somewhere where you take, and I was like said last week in old times, they had to present the offering of the sacrifice to the priest. They couldn't do it in their field at home and count it for themselves. There's an accountability when we come together. This is where the fight starts. This is where it begins as we stand together as a cononia of people worshiping, honoring God, a depth of relationship where we walk together and trust. You know, if all 28 years that I've been here, the number of people that have passed on, the number of births that we've seen take place. It's this beautiful cycle of life. We were watching something of the kids yesterday of footage that we've got of the bay in 1998. And there's still some yokes yet hover here. And they're in the worship, crying, crying, crying. I'm thinking 24, how many? What's that, 25, 6 years later? No. Yeah, it's about 24 years later. The lives are still going, still trusting God, still crying in worship. Because yeah, he he's keeps softening, he keeps working in us. But that cycle of this joy of seeing people's lives come and go, it's, it's very rewarding. And yet one day we will all be united. Wow. 
How powerful is that, eh? Fight for your families. And there's so much, you see, stuff we would like to get involved in. There's so many lures of this and that. I have a, a whole lot of people. Like that oak we played golf with the other day, with his son. We, Farnas and I went and played some golf, and then this guy came and joined us with his grade 7 kid. And we found out now that he runs an NGO, and he wants to hang with me. He wants to connect. I said, but I'll come see you. He mailed me. He followed up. He's, you know, I'm going to go see him. And Chad, he's in Westlake doing something, but he wants to... He wants to take more of my time. I will go and see him, but he's not in partnership with us. He's not in cononia with us because he's not part of this community. Yeah. I've got to commit, and that's the first point of commitment, is not all that other nonsense and rubbish out there, and then you come here. Yeah, come on. And you give a 10% of your time to this because there's so much other demanding. You've got to choose what you give yourself to in this era, yeah. in this time. Yeah. Yeah. And if you are scattered with so many things on the go, you, 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 your, your ability to give in to the context is watered down. And it doesn't have the power to be in because you're half here. Okay? And the reality when we gather, you see, it's not what you get out from coming and being a part of a community. It's not just the Sunday. I don't get anything out. It's what you give. It's what you bring to the table. That we all get to partake of together. And the beauty of that as we journey with God. And see, folks, as I said, yeah, we need to, from the beginning, we need to understand the times that we live in. See, the sons of Issachar understood the times for Israel, but here was the key, but they understood the times, but they knew what to do. What do you need to do in this time, in this era, as God is working in this time, in this era? The first thing we need to do is stand. Not trying to create new and trying to be off. Just stand secure in the things of God. Find your place. Align your heart in this day and this hour. Connected to a canonia of people, a fellowship gathering together where you can trust, where you can build your hearts together, where you, where you learn to grow in the things of God together. And I'll ask you this question as I finish up. What time is it? What time is it? Now is the now. What's the time? And what's the time on God's calendar? God's timeline is very different to our calendars. Very different. God's time. There's something playing out in this time. There's this great reset that has been processed. Just be alert. This decade, watch. Watch what's going to roll out in this decade. The things that are being exposed in the church. The things that are being brought to light in government. The things that are playing out. This is all God's hand working. Working for the benefit of you and I. Yeah. That we get to flourish in the midst of all this chaos and all the things that are playing out here. Okay? So this is what we've heard, you see, a hundred times, is the ecclesia is awakening. That's what time it is. Amen. That's the time. Not hollowing, sitting back, hovering, just being on the edge. No, there's an awakening to wait, wait, wait. Watch the times. Watch what God's doing. Now I'm talking spiritually as well. Because everything gets activated in the spiritual realm through prayer and the realities and then it manifests in the natural. And so what, we, what we're seeing play out now is, is years and years of prayer, of people praying, trusting God, trusting God, God, you're going to do it. And the prayers of the saints are being answered, being heard, and God is moving around the nations of the world. So that we do know what to do, to discern the Spirit, to hear His voice. And when we discern the Spirit and we hear His voice, what's the key thing you have to do is obey. Trust and obey. That's good words. Just obey what he says. Don't get ahead of him. Don't run at your own pace. Don't run with what you think you need to do. It doesn't look flashy, but it's his time. 
working, working into you. Now, I never give you homework. But today's your day. Okay? Now, I know a lot of you sit here and you look around and there's some people that you see aren't here. And so, you contact them this week. People, there's guys in my heart. I'm going to contact. Just a WhatsApp. Just a message. Saying, hey, bud. Hey, girl. Whoever that lady. <laughs> Check. Whatever. No. Just, just say, hey, how are you? Just check up on people. We, I haven't seen you yet. I haven't seen you. Guys, we're not going to just coast through and hover here and just hope for the best and see what comes up. No, we need to align ourselves. We need to be awake in this time. We need to hear what God's saying. And if you're sitting at home, still lying in bed, you're not awake. You are slumbering in what God is doing in this hour. And what's, what's the time we're living in? The great falling away. Many will fall away. The apostasy is here, folks. That might roll out for the next 30, 40 years, but the falling away is playing out. And the church has been tested in these last two years. And I believe people can be redeemed from the falling away. Okay? It's not all hopeless and lost. Oh, they, they're one of the fallen away. Oh, shame. Okay, we'll ignore them. Carry on. No! Fight for them. Fight for your brothers. Fight for your sisters. Fight for your families. Amen? Let's stand together. Now I know already there are people in your hearts that God has shown you, that has spoken to you about such and such and such. That's such and such a person. Follow up with them this week. Don't, don't be lazy and not doing anything. Even pray for them. Pray for them before you send the message to them. So that God prepares their hearts. And it's not a, folks, we've got to get over this quick. It's not about trying to fill the room. Okay. God used 12 people to change the world. It's not the bigger, the better, okay? I said the other night on a call, this is not the season for going bigger. This is the season for going deeper. Deeper, deeper in the things of God. Can we just open our hearts to Him? It's the kononia that gather here together. Father, we want to thank You for the power of what You've given us in unity here because of the complete work of the cross. Jesus, You are the one that unites us from all backgrounds of life, from all walks of life, we before you are called one. And that plays out, Lord, in our cornonia, our fellowship, our partnership together, standing united in spirit, united in mind, to stand firm in these days, in these hours where it's pressing in on us. I pray protection over every heart here today that we will not be a statistic of this falling away. We will stand firm. We will hold to your truths, Holy Spirit. Help us, Jesus. Help us to stand firm. I pray the compassion in our hearts to reach out to those as well, to see them come in being fulfilled and running with the things of God. Not running after their own desires, but standing in the place of a community that honors you and lays down their lives for you. Help us, Lord, as we journey through this, as we walk through this, in this day, in this hour, Lord. I pray that those that have been hurt from this context of church and community, I pray you heal their hearts. I want to say to you that this is a place of healing. This is a place of restoration. There are plenty of people that have come through this community that God has restored. Stick it out. Stick it out. Hold it out. God will restore you and He will put you in a place of your gifts being operated and running again as you are united as a cornonia together. So we honor you today, Jesus. We call out those who have just lost hope, who have just feeling isolated. We call them in in your spirit. And we stand and we run 
with you in this day and hour. And we honor you today in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. So a reminder to you is that on Wednesday evening, if you want to feel deeper and connected into this community, Wednesday night at 7 o'clock, we are going to be here. You can all park on this back end here. We can be in the hall together. Amen.